Sometimes with creativity, there also comes chaos. But as creatives, I think we universally can benefit from not having chaos, but actually putting some systems in place. There's a nuanced line between having some systems to be efficient and to set yourself up for creative success and then over-systematizing to the point that you are like a production line that simply spits out content. Maybe it's good, maybe it's not so good. There's admittedly a fine line there, but I think most tend towards being perhaps a little too anti some organization and some systems in order to stay accountable with being productive as songwriters. So we're gonna be talking about that today as we talk about the songwriting pipeline. Hello, friend. Welcome to another episode of the Songwriter Theory Podcast. My name, as always, is Joseph Badala. Happy to be hanging out with you talking about songwriting, thankful that you are willing to take some time out of your day in order to learn about songwriting and also to talk about songwriting with me. We're talking about the songwriting pipeline today. We're basically going to have five different steps in this to think through, to sort of systematize and help organize ourselves as far as being accountable for actually finishing songs and then releasing songs and sort of the whole the whole bit which I think we all could use improvement on uh, specifically for me it's not hard to finish songs but the release part is where I sometimes get pretty tripped up with perfectionism and all that kind of stuff so I think we all uh, could benefit from what we're talking about today myself included and before diving in, the first step in our songwriting pipeline is obviously starting a song, which we'll talk about, but a great way to get started with starting a song is grabbing my free guide at songwritertheory.com slash, you guessed it, free guide to grab this guide on the 10 different ways to start writing a song. It should help you whether you're new to songwriting or a more experienced songwriter. It gives you five ways to start a song from a lyrical standpoint as well as five from a more musical standpoint. I think it's really helpful if we start songs from different standpoints with different instruments, sometimes starting with a cool symbol idea that we like or a story that we heard rather than our own life experience. Starting songs from different standpoints can be a great way to not go creatively dry. So if you're interested in that, check that out. Songwritertheory.com slash free guide. Also link always in the description and or show notes, whatever it is called for you. I don't know if all the different pl podcast platforms call it the same thing, but you know what I'm talking about. You know, you know where it is. So the first step here in the songwriting pipeline is the song seed or song spark capturing stage. Now, this is really just the moment that you either, you know, think of a lyrical concept or maybe a friend of yours or just somebody, a stranger on the street, right? That They say something and you think to yourself, huh, that's interesting. Or you're improvising on your instrument or just noodling. Uh, if you're a guitarist, I feel like the only people that actually use the word noodling to basically mean improvising whatever it is you're doing and you just happen upon playing something or singing something or saying something or hearing someone say something 
or watching something be done in a TV show or movie or reading it in a book, whatever it is that sort of sparks your imagination and makes sort of that songwriter part of your brain flash some lights and say, hold on, wait a second. Let's pause for a second. That was very interesting what just happened right there. Perhaps more attention that deserves. Um, so that's really that song seed and song spark capturing stage, right? It's this idea of you have a moment, you have this little spark that's worth noting that may later be developed into a song. Now, your job here is really just to make sure that you indeed do capture this song seed or song spark. So if it's, you know, a lyrical idea or a symbolism idea, something that can be written in words, you should write it down. And you should write it down, hopefully, in an idea document that you have, whether that's on your phone, whether that's a Google Doc, like what I do, where you literally just put all of your ideas right in that document. So you know where all your different ideas and sparks are, because it's all in one place. Or if it's on the musical side of things, you make sure to, at the very least, pull your phone out and record it. This is so that you don't have to like finish writing the song and play it a million times to memorize it. You can capture it, right? If, and, and, and generally speaking, unless it's super complicated maybe, but most of the stuff that you're going to write or make or think of is not going to be super complicated. So just recording it with your phone so that you can play it back to yourself and be like, oh, okay, okay, that's how I played this. That's what it sounded like. That's your goal. Now – this is the very beginning of the songwriting pipeline. This is just where it's a song is entering the pipeline. And it's not even a song yet because it may never be developed into a song. The point of this is sort of just to gather ideas in a pool that you can draw from when it comes time to actually start working on a song. Now, sometimes you get a song seed or a song spark, and that quickly evolves into writing an entire song, maybe in a day, maybe in three days, because it just comes together quickly. But there's many other times you come up with a song seed and a song or song spark, and it sits on the shelf for a while. In fact, most of the time, in my opinion, if you're doing things right, you're going to have many more ideas that you never do anything with than ideas that you develop into songs. And I had a whole episode about this, so if you want to dive deeper on this concept, uh, go check it out. I believe it's just called like song ideas are cheap or ideas are cheap or something like that. But the idea is that, you know, everybody has ideas. I'm, I'm convinced everybody on the planet probably has a, a million, $10 million business idea. Um, and everybody has some brilliant ideas. The problem is that ideas are borderline worthless without, or perhaps exactly worthless, without actually developing them, without actually doing something with it. Ideas are cheap. Everybody has good ideas. A good idea maketh not a good song. <laughs> right? You can write a terrible song that had a great idea. You cannot write a song at all with the most brilliant idea anybody's ever had. Uh, and then also on the other side, you can also write really good songs off of ideas that perhaps weren't that that great, but you write a great song off of it anyway. So the idea is that we just want this giant, always increasing, huge pool of ideas that we can draw from so that 
if today you have an interesting idea for a song that that right now you are not properly equipped or you do not feel ready to write a song about, but maybe something happens to you three years down the line where now all of a sudden you can relate, you can empathize with this idea more than you could before. So now you're better equipped to write a song about that, right? And this is going to happen throughout our lives where in different periods of our lives, we're going to be better or worse equipped to write about certain things. Because while I do not believe that any of us should be restricted to simply writing about things that we experience personally, in fact, I think that you know, to, to really level up as a songwriter, you need to start to be able to write songs that are not from your point of view and that aren't your story, right? Whether that's a fictional future that you imagine yourself in just to, you know, see how you would feel in that scenario or whether that's putting yourself into somebody else's shoes, whether that's a fictional character or whether that's a friend of yours or whether it's somebody that you don't even know. You just sort of came up with this idea of a person and then you put yourself in this fictional person's shoes. No matter which one of those, and really you should do some of all of those, at some point to level up as songwriters, we can't have all of our songs just be autobiographical. That will put ourselves into way too too niche of a like, we'll talk about the same thing over and over and over again. We don't want to do that. So anyway... All to say, song ideas are cheap. We want to capture them because they can be important, uh, but on their own, they have not that much value. We want to have a huge pool of ideas and only the best of those ideas or the, I, the ideas that are best or most easily used by us that we can do the most with will be the ones that we end up developing. Which brings us to the second step of the pipeline. So you have this, you have these different song sparks that mostly just came from you were doing some form of improvisation, or maybe you were just sitting and thinking about life and you sort of came up with this phrase and you're like, huh, that's interesting. I wonder if I could do something with that. Or maybe you saw an interesting picture and you thought, ooh, that's cool symbolism. I wonder how I could work that into a song. Whatever it is, you have all these ideas. For the most part, you track it. Write it down, and then you kind of move on. So it's sort of entered the pipeline, but you can almost see this as the pre-pipeline because you haven't actually started writing a song yet. You just simply have an idea for a song, whether that's a musical idea or a lyrical one. So that brings us to this second step, or perhaps you could see this as no longer pre-pipeline, but actually entered into the pipeline to some extent. And that's what I would call passive development. Another way to think of this is sort of tinkering on a song. So this is when maybe you have a song idea, a song spark. So maybe let's say you came up with a, a kind of cool guitar riff, and that is your song spark, right? So hopefully you listen to what I always advise, which is you record it in some way. Doesn't mean you need to get out your fancy recording equipment at, at home, you know, and go into your home studio to record it. Just record it on a phone, whatever you have just so that you can remember what you did. So you get that out, and then you re-listen to it, and you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, that, that was pretty cool. And then you're kind of inspired to write, say, may, let's say it's a lead part. That's kind of a riff. And then you're like, ooh, I, I kind of hear this chord progression underneath it. Or you're just playing along, you're improvising while listening back 
to this part that you already wrote. And then you come up with something new. And this is passive development. Because to me, the difference between passive development, which is the second stage, and the third stage, which is what I call active development, is passive development is still at the point in the songwriting process where there's a good chance the song will be abandoned and just die off. Or this is the point in in the songwriting process where you will feel that the idea is promising enough to earn going into active development. Because passive development, let's go back to that word tinkering. This is sort of that day that, let's say you have an EP that you're working on, where you're recording it, and these are the five songs that you're going to release for human beings to actually listen to on your website or on YouTube or both, hopefully both. But sometimes you just get sick of it, right? You spend so much time on these five songs over and over. You know, you add one more track, you add a synth to this track, you've recorded the lead vocals, but now you got to go back and do backup vocals and you're almost starting to get sick of your own music. Maybe. (laughs) In that scenario, the way at least I treat tinkering or this passive development stage is sometimes I just want to do something fun and some arguably one of the most fun parts of songwriting is sort of this passive development stage because there's no pressure on the song yet it's not a song that you've decided like this is going to be a song that i finish and that i release so there's no pressure on it but you already have that song spark that idea so it's fun to do a little development on it knowing that if it ends up sucking eh, i'll let it die i haven't gotten that far anyway And if it ends up being really promising, this is usually the exciting point where you're like, ooh, I have something here that's worth developing into a full song. Because the hard work is is in steps three through five, right? Capturing a song idea, generally not hard work. In fact, I would argue that you can get enough great ideas probably just by passively gathering ideas. I think it's a good exercise to do once in a while. I think I've done a podcast about this to actively think about ideas, try to come up with ideas, sit down and literally put your idea document before you and brainstorm song ideas. I think that's a great exercise to do. I think everybody should do that once in a while. But I honestly think that no, that if you have your songwriter brain turned on, anytime somebody says a quote that's kind of interesting – Or anytime you see a storyline in a TV show that you're watching that you think, oh, that would be an interesting story or point of view to tell, your songwriter brain should be catching these things passively because your songwriter brain is on. You could say your songwriter brain is sort of active, but you're not actively developing ideas. You're simply passively receiving them as they are sort of sent to you from from different things going on in the world around you. So... Stage one can be easy. And stage two is fair, not super hard usually and also very fun. Which brings us to stage three, which is active development. So this is when you came up with a song spark and then you developed a, d- developed it just a little bit more. Maybe you had a cool chord progression as your song seed where you're like, ooh, this is really fun. It's like a catchy guitar 
like electric guitar, sort of sort of like a riff, but also a whole chord progression. It's really cool. And then in the passive development stage, you just decided, you know what? I, I kind of want to jam with that song for a bit because that, that was fun. Even though it's not a whole song yet, it's just a cool riff you came up with. And then you come up with the melody on top of it and you're like, oh, this, this, this is a good start. This is cool. This could be something. So now it enters into active development. And this is the first part of the pipeline where I think we should somewhat control the amount of songs that we have in this stage. Because I'm generally of the opinion that you, you, you can have an infinite amount of ideas. You should never restrain yourself on ideas. You want more and more and more ideas so that you can pick the best of them. And the more ideas you have, generally speaking, then that means there's going to be more good ideas that you have, right? If you have 10 ideas and your ideas are generally a 10% rate of being good ideas that are things that you could actually develop and do a good job on, you know, if you have 100 ideas, then now you have 10 songs or song ideas that are worth developing rather than one if you have only 10 ideas. Not that it's that, you know, it's, it's probably not that simple, but and passive development is something that, at least to me, when you're doing passive development, usually this is sort of more in line with the stage or, or with the process of sort of just like learning a song for fun, doing something musical that you just enjoy. Maybe it's listening to a track online and sort of just, you know, jamming out to it. Maybe you're trying to solo over one of your favorite songs, right? Is it mostly what you're doing is something just to enjoy music and enjoy your your instrument. To me, passive development is sort of in this stage, Par partially hence the word passive, right? Where you're not really sitting down saying, I'm going to make progress on songwriting. It's more just tinkering around, having fun with some of the ideas that you have out there. Active development, this third step, is the first one where there's now some level of, not necessarily pressure, but this has now become an active process. This is a song that you've decided so far is worth developing. And now it's no longer a thing that you're just going to work on when you think it's fun. Now it's something that you're actively pursuing. And there are going to be days where you feel stuck on this song. You might be sick of the song. You might resent the song because you just can't get the second verse right. But you've decided it's an active development now. This is a song that you said, or I said, is worth pursuing. This is a song that we think can be really good, that we think is worthy of being released someday. Therefore, you can't just cop out now when, say, you have a first verse, and a chorus, and a bridge, and your second verse it just isn't working, and you can't figure it out. Now is not the time to quit. So because of this... And because we only have so much bandwidth, I would argue that nobody should have any more than 10 songs that are in active development. Because we only have so much time and so much attention. So if you, let's say you spend one hour a day, every single day, on songwriting, which is probably more than most anybody listening to this can afford to do. Right? I'm not saying I expect that everybody here does an hour of songwriting every day. If you do, great, that's awesome. 
if you do even more than that, even, even more great, right? But a lot of us, even if we might average an hour a day, a lot of times it might be five hours on a Saturday and then, you know, three, th three days of the week go by and you haven't done any at all because you're busy and you have other stuff you have to work on. But we only have so much time, practically speaking, to actively work on our songs, to try to finish songs that we have started. If you have more than 10 of them, you're going to be spread too thin. It's going to take you forever. And generally speaking as well, whatever you end up releasing, which I recommend an EP, by the way, which is about four to six songs rather than a full album. Many reasons for that. Again, I think I did a whole podcast about that, so I won't bog down this podcast with that. But again, probably targeting something like a five song release. But probably you're almost definitely not doing something that's much more than a 10 song release. And even if you are, let's say you're releasing a 15-song album, which I highly don't recommend. But if, if you are, in that case, you still don't want more than 10 songs at this stage in the development process because you should have some in the next stage of the development process that we're going to talk about. And you don't want to be spread too, too thin on songs that you are committed to sitting down and working out no matter how much it's giving you a hard time. So, songs in this active development stage. For the record, this is the point at which you are actively writing this song. You're actively working at it. But it also does not necessarily have a project attached to it. It is not necessarily the next project. So let's define project for a second. In this case, when I say project, I'm talking about whatever your next release of something is. So let's say your next release, you're planning on releasing a 10-song album. That's your next project. Or maybe the next project is simply a five-song EP. That's your next project. So songs in active development are not necessarily attached to the next project or attached to any project at all yet. Because once we have a song attached to a project we're working on, that's when it's in stage four, which is production. So production is where we are actively working on a song as a product. And the easy way to think through this is a product is something that's releasable, that people can listen to, whereas a song in and of itself is not a product. It is intellectual property, but it's not a product. So if you write a song and you copyright it, technically you can get your song copyrighted by sending lyrics and sending sheet music and saying, hey, this is my song. It's copyrighted. You don't have to record it. It's easy. It's much easier if you record it, by the way. Um, and if you record it, you don't have to send in sheet music and all that other stuff for what it's worth. Um, but Technically, this production stage is the point at which you are now saying, okay, I am now moving past songwriting and moving into producing this song, which means I'm probably recording the song. I'm arranging the song. I might even mix and master the song or maybe send it to somebody else to do so. 
But this is the point at which you are not only writing a song, but you are working on recording and arranging a song, preparing it to be released, which may or may not go hand in hand with the songwriting process. So this is really that second to last step in the pipeline, which, spoiler alert, the last step is literally actually releasing it, which I do think is worthy of its own step, because if you're anything like me, that is, that is the most difficult step, is, is being willing to say, yes, this is done, send it out, this is the permanent form, which of course you can go back and rework on it, but when if we're being honest, rarely does that happen, usually... Once you work through the the arduous process of developing a song, writing a song, producing a song, recording the song, editing the song, after all that, to bring yourself to go through that whole process again and readjust the song is just like, no, because if you're not a little sick of the song by that point, um, you just usually you are. And maybe it's it would be incorrect to say that you'd be sick of the song so much as you probably have noticed that your favorite artist always seems to genuinely think their newest project is their best yet, right? They always say that. And 98% of the time, you can tell they genuinely believe that to be true. And then sometimes you see the final product and you're like, how on earth did they think this was the best thing they've ever done? It's the worst thing they've ever done. And that's just because as a creative we tend to over-appreciate and really fixate on on the new shiny object. Which is why it's important to, th to get things through this pipeline, by the way. Because if you spend too much time with your song floating in this pipeline, you may never finish it because you just kind of get sick of it before you actually finish it. And then because you're sick of it, you're not going to have the emotional bandwidth to be able to force yourself to finish it. And that's what we really want to avoid, right? We want to make sure we release a song before we learn to completely hate the song so much that we either way overthink it and rewrite it and ruin it, or you know, maybe just never end up releasing it because we just get sick of it and we're like, I, I, I don't even want to do this. And um, it, it, basically the equivalent of movie making what they call production hell. Right. When something just keeps it gets rewritten and it keeps getting worse and worse and people are dropping from the project and it just it just turns into a giant mess and then it just never is made. Um, it's kind of our equivalent of that. We want to avoid that. So. Talking about the production stage. So. Again, active development, our third stage is you are actively working towards making sure you finish writing a song. And you may even be recording the song while you're doing that. In fact, I highly recommend that you record your music as you write it. Because then you don't have this whole writing process and then have nothing to show for it. Instead, you already have recorded some of the important parts. And that way, when you eventually, hopefully, inevitably end up actually producing the song into a releasable track it will be more simple because you already have the recording going, right? You've already picked the tempo, figured out the right tempo. You've recorded the piano part, the main guitar part. Uh, maybe you even programmed a drum beat that you thought would fit. Maybe you recorded the bass guitar. And sure, maybe you need to fill in synths. And sure, maybe you have a lot more guitars you have to layer in. But at least you have a product that you've already started. And while you're writing, you might as well just record it. But maybe you don't do that, which is totally fine. But the production 
stage is where not only are you recording it, but you are actively recording it with the purpose of it being released on a specific project or product, such as your next EP or the EP after that. Now, again, I think there's a limit on how many songs you should have in production. I would say you should always have five to 15. And the reason five to 15 is because I would argue that we should always be working on at least five releasable songs, whether that is simply because we are actively working on releasing and producing an EP that is five songs, or whether, say, maybe you're more the type of person that you'd rather release one song every three months and you just want to do singles. You don't want to do any uh, EP, LP, album. You don't want to do any of that. You just want to do singles. That's fine. But let's say you want to do one every three months. So that's about four songs released per year, right? Maybe you want to do one every two months. So now we're at six songs per year. So that's kind of where that 5 to 15 comes. Because again, we don't want so many we're actively working on that we it takes us five years to finish any of them because there's just too many and we don't have that much time in the day. So we want to stay focused on producing the songs that are for the next release and then maybe the release after. If you really want to stretch it, maybe the release after, specifically if we're talking about EPs. If you're talking about singles, then hey, yeah, you can be working on the next seven releases, right? Because each one is going to be a single, so you're just working on seven songs actively. That would be fine. But if you're writing a whole album, really you have to concentrate a lot of your time on making sure you finish that album or you finish that EP. So the last step is release. That should be simple enough. Uh, But the the basics of what we're doing here, right? is at the end of the production phase, whether you decided to mix and master your own song, which, by the way, The Recording Revolution is a great place to check out YouTube. Uh, Graham Cochran runs it, although he hasn't actually recorded a video for it for like a year. But he's great. That channel's great. Go check that out if you want to just learn to do it yourself and do it pretty well. Um, He has some great courses as well. I would know. I have sent him a lot of money. (laughs) Um, and, And it's been worth it. So... Uh, but but also, for the record, he has tons of super helpful free stuff. Again, Recording Revolution. Uh, my actual recommendation and what I'm going to do from here on out is actually having somebody who is a professional mixer and master do it. Um, that way, there's one other person besides myself putting their hands on the project because I do everything else myself. So to have one other creative person get some eyes on it I think would be helpful. Uh, That and if I can, you know, pay somebody to do a much better mix than I'm going to do, to me, that's worth it. Regardless, at the end of that part, right, where your recording is done, what does release look like? I would say it basically has two steps. One is that you get it copyrighted. It's very easy to get things copyrighted. Uh, If you didn't know, you can copyright, say, a whole album's worth all at the same time for the relatively small fee that it is for copyright. I forget what it is exactly. I want to say it's like $60 or $90 or something like that. Um, But you can get them all copyrighted together. So for example, the album I did back way back in the day in college, I got all 11 songs on the album copyrighted, which means the song was copyrighted, which is 
you know, the combination of melody, chords, and lyrics, basically. So that was copyrighted, that I was the writer of those songs. And also the recording of those songs copyrighted, because that's different, right? There's covers of songs, which are more complicated, because there's a songwriter, but there's also a separate person that owns the recording of the song. Uh, but in this case, it's not compl complicated, because I was they're both me. Um, and it was very simple. All I had to do was basically send the finished tracks, and that was it. 11 songs, one, one, one rate, boom. All copyrighted, both the recordings and the songs themselves. So highly recommend doing that. After that, simply release your songs. And look, if you are going to release it in one place, release it on YouTube. Literally make a video where the background is literally your album art, which you can make on Canva for free uh, and fairly easily. And then throw that up and then put your song on. And that's it. Or make a lyric video, which are also very easy. You can look up YouTube videos on how to do it. Super easy. I've made lyric videos in like probably literally 20 minutes. Um, super simple stuff. So if you're going to do one thing, I would do that because YouTube is kind of the holy grail of stuff. Uh, you can also do SoundCloud. I think SoundCloud is fine. Spotify now makes it pretty easy to release as an artist. If you want all of your songs to go everywhere, like iTunes and Apple Music and all the different places, and you don't want to actually take the time to work on giving it to each one individually, um, doing something like CD Baby allows you to pay a certain fee, and then they will send it to all of the different places so that your music is everywhere, if you care. I think there are other alternatives to CD Baby as well. Check those out. Uh, I happened to use CD Baby back in the day. As a warning, they will take 50% of the proceeds. So just know that going into it, that if you utilize them, that's kind of the, the cost. Now, I would argue at this point, we all should have accepted at this point that music and listening to music is something that is kind of like this podcast, right? It's a totally free thing that where you would if you're planning on making money off of your music you're not going to make it off of the recordings of your music you're probably going to make it off of gaining fans who then buy your t-shirt or buy a signed album because that's that's what they want the it, we're past the, the days of like oh they paid me a dollar for a song people won't pay for music anymore that ship has sailed that's not how we monetize i want to go too far into that but there's my my quick caveat on step 5 release but let's just wa walk through really quickly sort of what my current stages look like just to give you an idea of what I'm talking about. So I mentioned before, and my stupid nose is still stuffed up, so I haven't been able to finish with all I have left is vocals. But I have an EP called Keeping Memories that is done except for vocals, and that is what is in production right? Because it's at, at the very end of production and it has five songs. But I also am actively producing the next EP, which is probably about half done in the production stage. So that's another five songs. Now all five songs are in different stages of production, but again, they're being produced, right? They're, I'm recording them. I'm adding new instruments. I'm arranging them. I'm still working out some of the writing aspects as well. I'm still writing the lyrics because as you may know, if you've been a listener for a while, I'm a huge fan of actually combining the writing process with the recording process. Um, 
So, so, and that's sort of step three and four here, but the, the main difference between step three and four is four is the point at which you know this is a song that is going to be released as a part of this project, or at least you think you know it's going to go with a certain project. So that's 10 total songs that I have in, in not only active development, but actual production. And then I maybe have one song from the 30p after that that's that's sort of in production, but not really. It's more in the active development stage where I think, okay, this is a song with potential. So, And I, I probably have another eh, seven, eight songs that are in active development, which are all songs that, you know, maybe they'll end up being on my third solo EP. Maybe they end up being a song that I, I work on with one of my songwriter friends or my one songwriter friend, really. Um so two of them might 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 be that I'm angling for it to maybe be that, and you know the other ones who knows right? What, what one of them is sort of a Christmas song, so who knows what that's going to be a part of? Maybe it will just be a, a like solo Chris uh, a solo, not a solo, <laughs> a single, a Christmas single. Who knows, right? But they don't they're not in production yet per se because they're not really attached with a product. Um, and then I have many that are in some version of Song Seed, Song Spark, and Passive Development. Because again, I don't think there should be a limit on those. So I have a whole bunch of projects that are somewhere in between Song Seed, Passive Development. Usually by the time I have a recording file of it, I would say it's in Passive Development. It's a little past just Song Seeds and Song Sparks. But have a whole bunch of those. And just once in a while, I go through and listen to each of them and, and ask myself, ooh, is this the thing that you kind of want to tinker with today? Um, but that's sort of what mine looks like. I highly recommend doing so sort of something similar. Uh, the part that I don't recommend you copying me on is the fact that I, I probably am too – I'm too far into producing and and too close to – not that I'm close to finishing it, but – I'm too far along the production track of my second EP to justify the fact that the first one hasn't actually been released yet. Uh, I keep joking with people that at this point, I basically might as well just wait another six months and release a full album. I'm not going to do that, but like it, there is truth to that. I don't recommend doing that. That is a mix of admittedly one of my biggest faults is especially when it comes to vocals, I get, I get real like, you know, nobody can be around and I got to do it alone in my basement and then I got a cold or it's probably allergies. And I've had it for like three months. It's super annoying. I don't know if you can tell via podcast. Um, you probably can tell when I do that. But <laughs> but like, which is just enough to be like, no, I've spent all this time on the UB. I'm not going to have a stuffed up nose when I record vocals. And yes, mostly I, I know how to sing enough that it doesn't really affect it that much. Um, but still. So I don't recommend following me on that. I fully admit what my perhaps my greatest fault is is I, perfectionism takes hold, and then I I like don't want to release something because I think like what if I can make it a little bit better? Um, don't be like me on that. But that's sort of the idea of the songwriting pipeline. One of the big takeaways I think is make sure you don't have songs stuck in one of these for too long. Uh, right, right now, right. What I just admitted to you is, I have some the five song EP stuck in production for too long. I need to get it done. Um, so this, al these allergies need to get the heck out of here. So 
try to make sure that you are actively getting things through the pipeline or again, they can be sort of kicked out or put on pause through those first two steps. Song seeds, song, you know, song sparks, you don't have to actively develop. You can have them sit there for 10 years and then finish the song. I have done that before. Sometimes that's necessary. A lot of your song seeds will never be touched. A lot of them are just not worth it. A lot of them will never become a song. That's okay. Passive development, also in that stage. I, I've had many songs that are sort of in this passive development stage where like every once in a while I've rechecked them out and I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot I started writing this song 12 years ago. Like, that's actually pretty good. Maybe someday I'll actually actively develop this into a full song. Uh, so be comfortable with that as well. Anyway, let's wrap this up. Hopefully this was helpful to you. Hopefully you take this and decide to sort of systematize and be more intentional about where your songs are, what their purpose is. You know, what are the songs that you're like, okay, I'm going to have a four song EP and it's going to have these four songs, which means I need to actively produce and finish these songs. I need to record them. I need to arrange them. I need to actively be pursuing that. I need to spend most of my time on finishing those Hopefully it inspires you to do that. Hopefully also it inspires you to understand that ideas are cheap and that whole rant I went on early in the episode. Again, if you want help with getting started, starting your your songs, be sure to check out my free guide, songwritertheory.com slash free guide. Again, five different ways from a lyrical standpoint, five different ways from a musical standpoint to help you whether you're mu- music first or lyrics first. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate every single one of you. If you enjoy this podcast, be sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. It helps me out when I get five-star reviews so that uh, more people are willing to give this a shot so that hopefully I can help more people with songwriting. So I deeply appreciate all of you who have done that. I know a lot of you have taken the time to do that. I really appreciate that. And I appreciate you as well. If you are deciding to do it, now, if this is the first podcast or if this is the 20th podcast or f- uh, I was going to say 500th, I don't have that many. 171st, I think we're at. If this is the 171st you've listened to and now you finally decide, you know what, I-, I should probably leave a review. No matter where you are on that spectrum, I appreciate that. Have an awesome week. I'll talk to you in the next one. <laughs>